0: Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ghost Friends podcast, episode 77. Um, If you've been following along, uh, don't try to make sense of the numbers because they don't make sense. They're a little out of order at the moment, but we are going to get back on track. We're filling a gap right now, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Michelle Dugan hit me up. Ghost Scout Mama Mamageddon wanted to jump on this pod and she said number 77 is a magical number and I want to get on there talking about some magic junk and that's exactly what we did here. Um, we actually did this podcast back to back on the same day as the last pod with Bark and Lerm um, but before I got a chance to jump on here and do the intro and outro and all that jazz, I got some cold symptoms last week and basically rested... For a good part of the week. Um, and, uh, you know, just had really mild symptoms, just a tiny sore throat, tiny headache, but was just playing it safe. A resting is besting, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm feeling good. I'm back. I'm excited to get this podcast to you. Uh, we got this podcast. Um, a couple of days ago, I recorded a super fresh one with my man Jesse Moynihan, who's been on the pod before and who me and Michelle reference a lot in this podcast, and then uh, the aforementioned um, upcoming episode with Scott C. Uh, got bumped, and I'm going to be recording that today, this afternoon, so boom, there you go. Uh, I'm going to get this one and the Moynihan podcast up today and then probably get that Scott C. podcast up in another day or two. Um, So lots of podcasts for your entertainment and inspiration because you know no matter what's going on in the universe, in this infinite universe, in these parallel infinite universes, that this podcast is here to keep you psyched up about living your dream life in every reality. You know what I'm saying? And get you hyped up about making sick visual art so get those pencils out right now and use this as fuel to boost your morale. You know we live in that high morale lifestyle up here in the woods um and uh and and we want you to do the same wherever you are around the globe. Uh and Of course, I got my trusty co-host here, a juicy old cup of coffee. Let's see what it has to say. Mm! Delicious as always, you know what I'm saying? So let's see, a little ketchup. What have I been up to? A um, couple weeks back, I posted the the full designs of those Unbox Industry mini vinyl toys that I designed, the set of six for their Blind Box uh, Who Goes There series, which I'm very excited about. So those have been turned in and the designs have been accepted and they are going to go to the sculptors, I think this week, they said. Um, and I'm even talking to them about doing some new stuff. What's next? You know, I love, love, love the idea of getting heavy into toys and making ghost shrimp toys. So, so uh, that's happening, which is very fucking exciting. And then uh, next week, I'm going to be starting a new visual development uh, job with Netflix uh, and my buddy Alex Hirsch, who I met back in the day at Cartoon Network. We crossed paths on Flapjack. We were both there at the same time and, uh, he's got some new project brewing over there at Netflix, and, uh, I'm gonna jump into some biz dev with him, so that's gonna be really fun, I have no idea what it's about, and obviously I really won't be able to share any details anyway, but, uh, I'm gonna do a few weeks of that and see where that goes, maybe that'll turn into more, or, you know, jump on some other projects, so we will see, but, uh, very excited, um, Let's see what else Uh, been doing the workshop right now. We are in week 12 of the workshop the last week, which is very exciting as well. All the students wrapping up their stuff, um, doing the last final assignment, doing some final videos, um, getting in there and chopping it up, having fun. That means this weekend we have our final group vid chat. We have a monthly group vid chat. Um, I of course do one-on-one vid chats with each student each week, uh, but then we try to get the monthly group chats in just to build that friendship and that group morale and camaraderie and all that. And then once these once these guys are done, these guys and gals and everything in between, they're going to be jumping into the alumni group and adding to the to the uh, to the to all the folks who have taken the previous rounds of the workshop. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, as of today, as of right now, um, on Tuesday, April 7th, we have one spot left in round seven of the 12 week online group workshop. That's going to be starting probably April 19th. So, uh, if you are interested in jumping in on that, you better do it quick. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's going to be really fun. My man, uh, Psych Lord, a.k.a. Alfonso de Anda, who you've heard on this podcast a few times, is going to be my assistant this time. That'll be his first time assisting. He's observed in the podcast, in the in the podcast. He's observed in the workshop before, and we've been meaning to get him in there. So that should be really fun. I love being able to hire my friends to come in and, and you know, just, just chop it up. It really... It really builds your skills to, uh, you know, fucking oversee one of these workshops, you know, it really, you really get better at analyzing what's working and not working in visual art and, and all that stuff. So I really love it. Obviously it fucking hypes the fuck out of me. It brings me to my, to my upper levels of hype. Um, You know, I'm always hype on my own, but, but getting in with the groups definitely raises it up a whole nother echelon, a whole nother notch. And that's the way I like to live my life. That hype life as hype as fucking possible, you know? Um yeah, we've just been hanging out really here in the in the forest. The bandits, the the kids haven't left the property for, I mean, four or five weeks now, however long we've been kind of on self-lockdown here. Stuff's pretty chill um up in the northeast kingdom of Vermont. Um, we have, I think, a general stay-at-home order for non-essential people, um, but it's pretty low-key. There's no corona uh, infections in our local hospital, which is pretty cool. Um, and there's there's a, there's a few around the state, but the state's pretty spread out, and there's not a lot of people. Uh, it's a small state, but it's just mostly forest, you know, especially up here. As you go south, it gets a little more dense, but, you know, up here in the forest, uh, it's it's pretty spread out. So that's pretty cool, and and our town seems to be coping pretty well with it. Um, You know, the stores that are closed, you can kind of go, like the hardware store is closed now, but you can go pick up stuff there. They're they're still open. You just don't go inside. um, So uh, you can call in your order. Um, and the same for some of the restaurants and, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get through this thing and, and be up and back and run into some semblance of normalcy, you know, by summertime, maybe, who knows, it's really hard to speculate, you know, it's hard to project out, um, what's going to happen here, so. But you know, I think everybody has a little corona fatigue. I know everybody's been talking about that shit, so uh you know we we didn't really get into it too much in this podcast, which is nice. We're just talking about some magic junk but uh but yeah the the bandits have just been chilling, and actually, I said to Athena the other day, I was like, you know you know we we really spend most of our time together as a family here anyway." Um, you know our life is very home-based and forest-based, and and hanging out, um, especially me and Athena, and and you know the kids do a little more activities, you know, out and around. But now that that's all been shut down, it's actually been really nice uh, to just have like a hundred percent quality family time. Um, and having the forest is obviously super nice because we're not like cooped up in the house. We get to get out every day. the The weather's been really nice. And we've just been, you know, hitting a really nice stride of just super quality family time. We usually have a movie night every Friday night where we have some snacks and some treats. So we watch a family movie, you know, animated movie or whatever. But we've been doing like, you know, probably three of those a week and just been having a lot of just just more fun quality time. Instead of Junie going to, pre, you know, preschool three days a week, she's been, you know, here every day. So you know just just been just been really enjoying even slowing things down even more and i know everybody out there is like raring to get back to kind of full speed and full steam ahead but you know and and last last week we were talking about you know the the using this time to you know really charge up and and pursue your goals and all that stuff and and of course we're all doing that you know we're always doing that we're always thinking about dream projects we're always thinking about productivity but you know also, this is, a, this is a pretty cool time to just like appreciate the slowdown, appreciate the slowness. Take some time to do the things that you feel like you never have time to do, like meditate, yoga, you know, these things that are so beneficial for your mind and your body. Um, and uh, you know, things you can do in your space if you're cooped up. Um, you know, so if you are one of the people that's at home, you know, maybe just really embrace the slowdown and just think start to think about like hey maybe uh you know shaping my life at a little bit of a slower pace could actually be beneficial to me could be could could get me out of that you know i think in america we have a super fast-paced high-speed lifestyle um overall and and i've done a lot in my adult life to slow that down you know it's one of the reasons i like living in the woods that's one of the reasons i like just being in charge of my own schedule um so that I can control the pace of things but this has really shown me that it's nice to even slow it down more and do less things and just really you know the quality time together is really what matters you know I think a lot of us get focused on going here and going this and and doing this and checking this off the list and oh my god I have so much to to get to but you know is is all that stuff really as important as just enjoying the present moment looking around really soaking it up thinking about this infinite wild crazy improbable reality that we live in and just take a moment to just go wow this is fucking incredible you know almost like when you take a psychedelic drug like everything kind of slows down you know if you're out in the woods tripping you're walking around and like you know, all of a sudden you start to see things with fresh eyes. You're looking at the, you know, just the way the the wind is blowing the grass around and you're getting down there and you're, you know, looking at the insects crawling around and you're looking at the fucking all the different kinds of little plants that are growing up, you know, through the grass. And then you start looking at the patterns on the bark and the lichen and the moss growing on the trees and all this stuff. And you know, rather than just taking a walk through the woods, all of a sudden you're really stopped and you're there and you're absorbing it all. You know, I think this is a good opportunity to do something like that, this in your everyday life, you know, what, whether you're whether you're using psychedelics as part of that or not, which is obviously pretty cool. I've definitely been, you know, I'm always kind of jumping in and out of that realm. But, you know, to, to just slow it down and just stop You know, maybe do nothing for a day and just think about stuff. You know, when's the last time you did that? Turn off the podcast, turn off the binging Netflix. You know, don't try to fill your mind and fill the space with everything. I mean, maybe that's one of the challenges that we're talking about here. You know, you got a challenge to kind of work on some dream projects. You know, here's a challenge for you take a day where you just do absolutely nothing. And that's, you know, that doesn't mean just veg out, it means like sit there and just think about yourself and your life you know and don't engage in any input or output and just be that's a fucking challenge right and you'll realize like wow just even an hour when you're sitting there being mindful feels like an infinite amount of time so that'd be a pretty cool challenge too so try that one out try that one out put that in your pipe and fucking smoke it there charlie fucking nut set, Charlie nutsack, you know? Um, all right. Well, Oh, that's a, that's a bit of a long intro, but there you go. That's a little catch up. Um, and, uh, and, and I will fucking, uh, catch you on the other side of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Oh, one more side note. Um, we got super ripped right before we recorded this podcast. And also I had just come off, doing that kind of uh intense corona pod with Bark and Lerm. so in the beginning of this podcast my brain is a little bit shot it's a little bit try, trying to play catch up and also uh you'll 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 hear me reference it uh, a little bit into this pod but the kids were you know one of the one of the challenges of this uh kind of uh, quarantine lifestyle here is that the you know the kids are always around and normally i do the podcast when nobody's here so the kids were like you know i'm i'm at the top of this second story little tower that's that's uh part of our house and the kids were like going nuts right below me outside like freaking throwing chunks of wood at the steps and battling and screaming and all that stuff out there and i'm trying to like tune that out and like pay attention to the pod and at one point you actually hear me stomp super loud on the ground because athena's like underneath me with the door open like telling the kids to be quiet and like i'm stomping on the ground to try to tell her to keep it down and after that it kind of calms down um but uh but yeah if 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 uh, if you pick up any of that, that's what's going on. Um, but it's a really fun podcast, and uh, so let's let's fucking kick it over to my man Awall One and get into it. Broadcasting live from another dimension. Broadcasting live from
1: another dimension. Broadcasting live from.
0: All right, here we are once again. Uh, here, continuing our Corona World Tour 2020 podcast series for the day. We just got finished <laughs> talking, checking in with uh, Lerm and Alex. And uh, here we are with our resident uh, end-of-the-world specialist, none other what? than Go Scout Momageddon.
2: Hello, welcome to the end.
0: Yes, welcome back to the podcast. It's very timely, and uh, let's just start right off the bat. where We left off last time. How much weed have you been smoking lately? A lot
2: of fucking <laughs> weed, man. <laughs> I, uh, I definitely went through way more than I thought, and I have to make a stealth mission to who knows where to get, you know what...
0: Yeah, yeah, I got an ounce like a week ago, and I think I'm already down to like a half ounce. Like I literally think I've, I've, I've been ripping like four or five bong hits like every hour pretty much. So I've been Ugh. staying smoked.
2: I've been trying to pace it. I, I, I make these like tiny half joints so I can fool myself into thinking that it's you know that's as good. much as I want.
0: That's rationing. That's that's responsible. It's responsible actions to take. Yep. So um, so tell us what you're going to uh, give us a little, a little... Bring us into what you approached me to talk about on the podcast today.
2: Hell yeah. All right. So for the last few years, I've been pretty much teaching myself, like, symbols and language of different forms of magic and different comparative mythology from different civilizations throughout the world, and so I wanted to kind of bring a couple ideas and... Uh, Introduce the ideas of hidden symbols in artwork, as well as a few doomsday prophecies that might point to exactly where we are right now.
0: <laughs> wow! Amazing. Very timely. And and um, like what was it last year that you did a presentation at a at, at a library in Boston about this?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, I did a talk uh, at a library on Cape Cod about um, using demons as a of psychology. And overcoming obstacles, and um, basically the shared use of demons throughout different civilizations in order to uh, have symbols to overcome in your own life.
0: Nice, so, Applying Related.
2: human traits to demons throughout art history.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So it's, it's the same world, you know. You love this world. We, you know, everybody that's Hell familiar yeah, yeah. with your work. Um, you know, you have a very a kind of uh a throwback apocalyptic, uh epic biblical style kind of uh end of the world Thanks, <laughs> paintings, you know, very, very fun and, and large scale, and uh it's always fun to to see the stuff you're getting into with your work. Where where do you think your interest in these themes uh stems from?
2: Uh I've always kind of had a weird look at religion it started like i think when i first started being able to read those little pamphlets that you get handed out in church so you can all read together and like we're all reading in unison like dear god i gave you my soul whenever you feel like taking it and i was like "Ah, and so I, i just never got into it since then and so from then i kind of uh looked into the other side and the questioning side and the challenging side and um I found it interesting that people always hid away from that dark side. And like, if everything, if everything is there and evil and good have to exist and coexist, then like, why is it bad to look at that stuff? And also the demons are just really cool looking. (laughs) Definitely the
0: coolest. Yeah. Definitely the most riveting ideas in the Bible. Right. Like Like the
2: the fucking, the bad guys in cartoons, like all the Disney villains, like it's an interesting aspect. And like, you can't just say like, "Oh, that person's evil." You you have to understand what makes them evil, and what goes behind that, and so using demons and and art in order to explore that has always just been how I roll.
0: And now, what what uh, was it? Catholic church that you were being brought to when you were a kid?
2: No, it was just uh, Baptist, and I just I I actually was like a friggin' vacation Bible school counselor for a couple of years and that's like so hilarious. I don't have any like gnarly religious stories. Everyone is really nice and I still keep keep in touch with the people around that community. But um but no it was mostly mostly just like the the idea that like someone can be put to death or like put to hell just because they don't love Jesus. Yeah. Like that's one of the like first rules. It's like a mortal sin to mm-hmm. to not believe in jesus and that, i it just doesn't sit with me so i've always just like been looking for what does fit and so it led me to like you know first of all just study art and then through art i found other things to study um and then that led to different mythologies from different civilizations like greek and uh you know all over the place
0: yeah And you said right before this, you were working on like a little video companion to go along with the ideas you were talking about, right? And we can like link that to the episode for people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am doing like a video analysis of the hidden magic symbols in um, one of my favorite pieces, uh, Melancholia by Albrecht Durer, Mm. who's a a very well-known Renaissance artist who was an engraver and a painter and kind of revolutionized woodcut as an art form. So the whole video is just uh, kind of di- like um, explaining how sacred geometry and sacred sort of measurements can be hidden in artworks without us being aware of it and the kind of symbols within the layout of it and the, mean- the meanings which each of them can have and um, sorry that sounds a little bit jumbled but basically Artists would need to find a way to tell a story using symbols instead of a more literal narrative because of fears of persecution.
0: Yeah, so yeah, like hidden to... hidden information in there, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just finding those shapes, uh, understanding those symbols, and identifying them in this piece step by step, so that you can kind of understand the tools of finding these little symbols and understanding the narratives of art
0: around us yeah that's so cool I love the idea of like deeply hidden mythologies locked within the artwork right that's so cool to think about as a visual artist I mean I'm always like making up my own and putting them in there but to think of like you know and and of course we're part of this secret society and I feel like we're Mm -hmm. developing some of that like language ourselves and it comes through in like a lot of the ghost scout artwork so that's cool I guess we're kind of following in the in the lineage lineage of these uh of these secret societies and and pseudo religions and shit
2: like beef tacos
0: (laughs) fucking yeah dude beef taco chicken taco
2: yep uh yeah it's it's sick and it's a really interesting way like the same way that um music can kind of open a door for you or um any sort of passion can open a door for you These philosophies and these secret teachings that span throughout different civilizations, they all are simplified and study nature. Uh, But I'm sorry, but basically I wanted to open this door in an easy way. So hopefully this video would be like an easy, digestible way to understand the topic in a different way.
0: Right, right, right totally that's cool well i'm sure people will love the visual aid and and i'm, I'm psyched to dive into it so yeah so break it down for us so do you know so bring us into these fucking world of hidden fucking symbols and and information in here what was cool. the cool. Mo- what was the motivations and what are these things that, that 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 are happening here
2: well i think the easiest way to like start doing this would be like To anyone who's around a city or at least, you know, familiar with the architecture of the city, you can see different symbols and different shapes that are common in architecture and like different virtues and different um, traits of humanity that they want to have expressed in that building will show in the architecture mm-hmm. so it for example boston's an old historical city and the city is covered with lions and unicorns and you're like what the hell is going on and a lot of that is freemason sim- uh symbolism
1: uh-huh.
2: and freemasons as a fellow secret society um they share a lot of their symbols with a, a teaching known as hermeticism
1: mm-hmm. and
2: uh Hermeticism also ties to alchemy and Kabbalah and Tree of Life and all that stuff. But what I'm going to talk about is um, something a lot more accessible because you can definitely look along with the podcast or later or you might already know about it. But um, the easiest imagery is from the tarot.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and... I think, are familiar with the tarot. That's kind of been kind of getting back into the pop culture psyche lately. And, and I feel like people kind of know what that is. Mm hmm.
2: And like if you if you think about like the kind of more common like quote unquote magic art that's coming out with a lot of just like suns and moons and like runes and planet signs like a lot of that is being thrown around and like it. It should be, like, its intention is to to create a message. So if you have, like, a deer, you're going to have different symbols that go with that sort of entity mm-hmm. to emphasize a meaning. But if you're just throwing it together and throwing a moon on top of a cactus and then, like, you know, selling it on Pinterest, it's a different story.
0: Right, like, but, just, uh, like, remixing some Egyptian hieroglyphics to look cool. Yeah. But, like, what does it really mean, right?
2: Like, Taz with an Om tattoo. Uh, <laughs> but uh I wanted to, like... Point out a few symbols that are just super common to find in everyday world and uh, maybe cemeteries, architecture, definitely artwork and definitely um, TV sets and cartoons. Oh, including shit. Adventure oh Time. shit.
0: Oh, shit. Is, this is very exciting. That's right. Jesse Moynihan specifically has said he has come yeah, out and admitted that he was planting, uh, you know, uh, esoteric imagery, fucking uh, all kinds I've of magic in there. Yes.
2: Um, I actually I hit him up on Instagram, but he didn't see. I I, I must have just fangirled that a little bit too much. But I uh, uh, Moynihan also did the the short of Manly, and yep. Manly is partly named after my favorite teacher, Manly P. Hall. Manly who, P. Uh, Hall. Manly P. Hall, my favorite. So uh, I would just and 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 my, what's
0: the book that he's most famous for?
2: Secret Teachings of All Ages.
0: That's right, I have that book.
2: I do too. It's it's pretty incredible
0: yeah everybody Um, should should uh look into this stuff it's so fun and interesting it's amazing and i love that you're gonna you're gonna hit people to some things that they can see in their everyday life here this is very yeah uh this is where you're this is where you're gonna start to wake up to all these deep conspiracies around you oh shit
2: it's, it's awesome um yeah even like labels and ads it'll apply to and um uh, also, a uh, note about Manly T. Hall. His lectures, a lot of his lectures are free on YouTube and Spotify. So yeah. I, I also highly recommend your, uh, his lectures if you're more of a, an audio person.
0: Yeah, super but, fascinating um, stuff.
2: Yeah. All right. So uh, let's dive in. I'm going to do um, basically the first like few cards of the Major Arcana. And just for this, I'll also tie it to um, Adventure Time. Yep. I did notes on parallels between Adventure Time and the Tarot. So hold oh, on one second
0: shit. Oh shit. this is the first time that there's ever being like this is research that's being relayed on this podcast. This is academic.
2: Yeah, that was it was um I actually messaged Kent several years ago asking him if he was the one hiding all the alchemy and the tree of life stuff because uh I figured he was he was writing stuff and um he answered, No, I'm the one responsible for all the poop bark, fart and butt jokes. So <laughs> uh, no luck with that. But.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, definitely Jesse. I'm not I wonder who if there was anybody else super into it. I was putting in, you know, all my own stuff, but not necessarily that stuff. Um so yeah, I wonder. You definitely
2: uh, you got some nice uh, hidden temple work and mm-hmm. uh, aliens and beef taco is basically magic in itself.
0: That's true. So, that's that's yeah yeah. I have a lot of personal alchemy that I definitely you know uh got through the process and and put in the process from from you know previous wisdoms and of you know, my life. So yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of uh you know I guess you'd call that a lot of uh, pre ghost scout. You put a lot yeah. of pre ghost scout you know mythology and stuff in there.
2: Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, people are most familiar with these cards. If you go for the first one, it's actually zero. And numer- numerology is going to be pretty relevant. I'm not going to go through a numerology of this. But if you want to, there's a whole other world that you can go in with that. Wow. But um, the Fool is the first card. It's the zero card. And it represents the beginning of a, a person's journey. And so this would be Finn. It's the adventurer. It's the, it's the excited naive person who is yet to see the world Mm -hmm. and um but so, so i'm sorry and then
0: I love likening it to Adventure Time. I love this. This is so yeah, good. Yeah, so
2: I was, I I was going to go over the symbols that you see in the world, and then I just jump to Adventure Time. Should we go over the symbols that you would see in your world, or should we go to the world of Adventure Time?
0: Um, I mean, I think the Adventure Time tie-in is definitely fun, but whichever okay. way it makes more sense for you to explain, because I know you've got like, I can tell you've got like tons of info, and you're trying to figure out yeah, the, the most clear way to lay it out to the layman's, right?
2: Dude, that's the hardest fucking part of all of this, is like trying to pick one place to start, because like... The thing is, like with numerology, you open a door and then you can go through the whole world of that, and yeah. the, that leads you to Egyptology, and you go to the whole world of that, and they all interlink and tie to one another. Um,
0: and then but we, no, and I think then we it, both take bong hits and we try to talk about it to people that have never heard of it before.
2: And then then we talk about reptilians <laughs> for an hour and a half. Um, no, let's, okay, let's go with Adventure Time because okay. I think that's a better better way. But uh, I'll also point out the symbols. Yeah, yeah. As we go,
0: circle back, circle back.
2: All right, sorry about that. So yeah. No, no, you're go good. With, you're good. This uh, is your
0: show, dude. This is your show. Come on. Six. Uh
2: so the zero card is the fool and we were assigned that to Finn. It's the person who's about to go on the journey. This journey can also be tied to uh the hero's journey associated with uh Joseph Campbell. Also Jung, Carl Jung's archetypes. Carl Jung is a a psychoanalyst a psychoanalyst and a philosopher. So Finn's a fool he's about to go on the journey. He's he's off. There's a dog on his little side and They are about to go on the first part of their adventure. The second card is the magician In this parallel, it would be the person that brings new knowledge and is their guide into the world This would be Jake mm-hmm. um, A lot of people would say that this would be magic man because he's a literal magician, right? but when it comes to the hero's journey the magician is the person who is always there to guide and provide like the true knowledge, and mm. Jake is always pointing Finn to trust his melon heart and do the right thing. Right. And so we're uh, we're gonna go with Jake on that.
0: Yep, that makes sense. The,
2: the next card is uh, a popular character in art and in tarot. It's the High Priestess. Mm. And uh, at first, I thought it might be Princess Bubblegum. But the High Priestess is definitely more about intuition and the unknown and magic and night. So, of course, we chose uh, Marceline Bam. for that. Mm-hmm. And um, the next character is the Empress, who is uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of feminine power. For that, I chose Princess Bubble, Bubblegum because she is, you know, the highest power of the law.
0: Is there an Adventure Time tarot deck?
2: There isn't a commercial one. Uh, if you want to hook it up, to Cartoon Network, I would be much obliged. Are but, there uh, unofficial
0: ones? Have you seen this out there? Like, I have. This thought hasn't even crossed my mind, and it's blowing my mind right now. I'm like, this is so amazing. I love this.
2: I think there's fan art ones, but I I don't know if I don't know if anyone really sells them.
0: Wow, that'd be really cool to have a full fan art tarot deck of Adventure Time. I wonder if that is a thing. Because I mean, you're you're starting it right now. You're breaking it down. So copyright, trademark to you right now. <laughs> you know. Hell yeah! All right. It's- on it, this idea. And if it is it doesn't exist out there, you should start to do it. as like a Kickstarter. People would fucking exists, love that. that.
2: Dude, I actually I actually made one with the cards last night.
0: Wow. That is I'll
2: so explain cool. it once we get there, because it's it's gonna be a good one. Good. Um okay, so we left off on the Empress, which is the the it's technically the fourth card because we get the zero, but it's uh card number three. So uh the next one is four, which is the Emperor, and for this I chose Ice King and it's kind of because ice, uh, the Emperor represents the kind of structures and laws that you have to deal with in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the it's the rules that you have to obey as you continue on learning in your journey. And so I figured Ice King was a good uh, Emperor because you have to deal with him. He's just the way it is. You can't really get rid of him. You can't avoid him. He's Ice King. Mm-hmm. And he's a king and he's a, a man of power, so put him there. Um, the next card is number five, and it's the Hierophant, which is a reader of sacred texts and sacred knowledge. And for that, I put Prismo, mm,
1: um, nice.
2: because Prismo is beyond space or time and is above, above, bleh, above and beyond all of the things that we happen to see on Ooh. Uh, The next card is six, which is the Lovers, and um, that we went with Phoebe, aka Flame Princess, and the Lovers card is obvious with, you know, finding someone you love, but it's a more deeper meaning when it comes to this. Uh, It's the first thing on our hero's journey that makes him know that there's something bigger than himself. It makes him realize that there's more to un- uncover and discover in life because this new thing has uh awakened him so it doesn't always necessarily have to be a love interest it could be just like a profound discovery or a profound revelation mm-hmm. if it's anything that wakes you up into a new sense of being oh tight uh next up is the chariot card and This isn't I did not describe a specific character to this. What I put is all of the dungeons and stuff that Mm. Finn and Jake end up exploring, and uh, the reason for that is the chariot is the bringing of trials and tribulations, uh, bringing of allies and enemies, and it's the the trial like the stuff that we have to go through in order to become the heroes at the end of their journey. So I would just put all the cool mystery dungeons and all the train dungeons, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, This next one, there's only... Actually, this is a... There's three more left. The next one is Strength, and for that I did Lumpy Space Princess. And you might think Susan Strong at the first like name of the strength tarot. Mm-hmm. But the reason I chose Lumpy Space Princess is because the strength card is all about self-acceptance and self-power and knowing that you have the ability to do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I think that Lumpy Space Princess has the most confidence of any character of any cartoon I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> so great. So
2: I actually <sighs> did a, a little mock-up of um, the strength card with Lumpy Space Princess. And, st- and like traditionally, it's a woman... Uh, petting a lion and, and like, basically putting her hand in her mouth to show that she can control things. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, Lumpy Space uh, Princess opening her can of beans... That's just awesome. opening a, a giant can of beans. That's instead.
0: awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I've I've said before, one of my favorite backgrounds was the lumpy space hobo camp. Uh, her, you know, when she went and lived off in the woods and, and fucking was, yep. you know, cooking her food and she had the shopping cart and the, and the sink and built into the tree. That, that was always one of my favorite backgrounds to do.
2: <laughs> my beans is one of my favorite moments.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Um, so i uh so when i said that this is like the last few that ties to um the steps in the hero's journey but we have a few more cards in the major arcana that we'll jump through um so the next one is the card nine which is the hermit and i did the glob for this because it's the sage that knows all it's the the holder of all of the wisdom that Mm -hmm. is to be understood um the next is wheel and the wheel is again it's it's the big trials the big enemies the big unknown that must be conquered and so for that i just put the knight of nice and probably the fill face because the fill face needs more glory <laughs>
0: oh my god terrifying
2: uh if anyone doesn't know what the fill face is it's the emblem that you need to draw in order to open the gates of the knight of that's right Uh, For the next one, I have Justice, which is uh, definitely going to be Lemon Grab, because it's a strict figure of justice and what's acceptable and unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Maybe have his white version and his black version. Oh, shit. Uh, For The Hanged Man, we have card 12, which I'm going to do for Martin Mertens. And The Hanged Man is a man hanging upside down in indecision and never being able to decide or make a decision. So. Figured Martin was perfect for that. Yeah. Um, the next is death, which is the 13. Uh, again, I'm just going to go with death for this because it's quite obvious.
1: Yeah.
2: We're going to go with that and just not, not try to fix the wheel. Um, and then from there, I just have a couple more. Uh, with temperance, it's more of a card about patience and knowing that good things are in the works if you have the patience and time to wait. And for that, it did tree trunks because she's always got a pie in the oven waiting for you.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, The next one is the devil. And for that, I chose the lich because it's a temptation to go into more evil things. Um, Next is the tower. And it's usually I think the tower is one of my favorites because it's kind of the doomsday card. Um, It kind of represents the fall and the giant change that you need to make in order to start a new path. And this definitely ties to the tower that Finn made, um, in order to reach his dad. He had to go through this giant fall in order to go on and go forth.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: next is the star. And, uh, for the star I chose sweet pea because it's new hopes and new beginnings. Um, and there's only a couple more. The moon is, uh, I did, oh crap. All right, I'll have to come back with the moon. <laughs> circle <laughs> oh, back to the moon, circle back. Circle back to the moon, circle back to the moon. Um, and then for the sun, I did uh, the, the party bear because it's happiness and glory and victory. And um, the 20 is judgment. And that would be the war of the planet exploding and uh 21 is the world and that would just be of ooh and your drawings and your creation
0: nice nice um
2: so Should we talk about that or should I jump into the symbols that we'd see in the world? I'm really bad at pacing myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you have more about the, I I think people love the, you know, I think it's a super interesting angle to come with the Adventure Time comparisons. I mean, do you have more thoughts about that?
2: Yeah. So uh, I really got interested in kind of like once I started seeing the symbols that probably Moynihan was hiding, Mm -hmm. I wanted to especially keep my eyes open for different symbols hiding in it. And the more I like studied and kind of like really paid attention to the workings of Adventure Time, I thought more and more about um, the hero's journey or the hero with a thousand faces, Mm -hmm. which is um, for those who are unaware is a, a book and then a PBS documentary, which you can see online about all cultures and all civilizations throughout human history having one main storyline that can fit into basically every major story that we keep in human history. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the most famous and common example to compare it to is Star Wars. Yeah. And it always goes through this wheel. And so that got me thinking about, you know, the, the wheel that Finn would go through on this hero's journey. Uh And so I would just like start identifying, you know, the steps that Campbell identifies are, you know, the, the regular world and like where he comes from and how things normally are. And then a giant, uh, tribulation or a giant trial coming and smashing his world. And like every single step can identify to either a person or an event. Uh And, um, so if you if you look into it with those eyes and watch Adventure Time looking for symbols and looking for archetypes, looking for character traits, um, you can really find a lot more than you're expecting um, and it's most relevant, I think I found the most when I was uh, watching like the comet episodes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like world ending stuff, there's a lot of time bending and um, there's a lot of people going beyond the universe and seeing a different side of themselves yeah so if anyone wants to start looking i would start there
0: that's awesome that's awesome there's got to be other people is there have you found any cool um like youtube videos of people breaking down adventure time in these terms they've got to be there right
2: i've found bits and pieces um i haven't Really done too many deep dives, I recently tried watching a bunch of adventure Time to like try to isolate the episodes uh, isolate the moments in which there's a few mm-hmm. um, come on. especially in the last few episodes like it's It's weird that you say that you don't do it on purpose because there's a lot of really neat little symbols hiding like the last two episodes that uh could be interpreted as symbols. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, in the alley, you have the subconscious that they're fighting in, and it's covered in eyes, and uh, they, oh, my God, there's a, when they go into the subconscious, the first thing yeah, they yeah, see the is, like, they're standing the, on nightmare the, the eight-pointed compass. Um, but, yeah. Let's switch to, um, I wanted to talk about the symbols that you can see in your town, because I might... I'm bad at talking for long spans. <laughs> no, you're doing great! You're like... doing
0: good. You're doing good. No, Do people I'm...
2: usually talk for like half an hour straight.
0: Well, usually it's me. Usually it's me talking for way too long. But that's what I love about you know I love when people come on and they have a lot to say because then it's you know less less of the same thing people are hearing from me. So that's good. You know that's definitely okay, good. Cool. This is very fascinating. I love it. Uh the kids are also outside like fucking hamming it up and like banging around. <laughs> I, know, I haven't yeah. I haven't done any podcasts the last couple of because 'cause everybody's been home the whole time. So Damn. I think now they're moving away from the from the house a little bit. But I was about to go down and tell them to try to keep it down a little bit, but <laughs> they're doing good now.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> Were you working on a, like a magic based project for a little bit?
0: Yes. The yeah. Um, the so yeah. Last year I worked on uh, Mark Osborne's new animated feature for Netflix called Escape from Hat, and it's all based on you know magicians and like you know. Uh, uh, you know magic hats and rabbits and cats and that whole world like of show of showmanship of 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 magicians but the magic is real in the you know in the movie there you know the the magic is real and there's and I was helping to I guess I did both I did some designs for both worlds and and some characters too but I primarily was uh brainstorming visual development stuff for the world of magic uh that is like accessible through like magicians hats like they're a portal to this world of like where all magic comes from and like so you know obviously i can't talk about the you know much more than the just the plot of the movie i can't really get into specifics yet but yeah, I, yeah. I, I, so i started to do i got that man p hall book I, I, start, I talked to you a little bit about some of this magic stuff and, and told you the project i was working on and so so i've, I've dived in at a surface level and certainly am aware of uh you know some of the characters uh you know in in this stuff through like our favorite podcast last podcast on the left and and, you know there's a lot of intersecting but but yeah i I haven't got as deep as i would like to in uh in the in the realm of magic and all this you know symbolism and all this stuff so it's really fun i love hearing all about this stuff
2: all right sick I I I have a terrible I can never know if I'm talking too fast or if I'm talking too much or if I'm losing track or anything
0: so <laughs> No 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 you're doing Please great. You're pipe doing in great. if yeah, I yeah. start going. No, I'll jump in. I feel like I'm pretty good at like rescuing people when they're drowning on the pod and you know. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll jump in. I'll jump in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh so I'll, I want to quickly go over a few of the symbols that you would see in your life because they do tie to the same cards that we were just talking about. Yeah. But um, I won't I won't dive through the meanings of the cards or anything. But a few things that you guys can see in art and in uh, a lot of architecture, whether it's either downtown boston or you know your local post office Mm -hmm. um two pillars is one of the ones that i talked to you about Mm. if you see two pillars especially if they have two um spheres on top Mm. it represents the two balances and two um sides of duality yeah it also ties to the two pillars of the tree of life which is a whole nother teaching um and it ties basically to eternal balance between light dark masculine and feminine um if you see, you know, scales are obviously justice and going through that wreath is basically, um, if you see a lot of buildings, a lot of state buildings have this weird, basically looks like a Christmas wreath because it is, and it's basically the same signal as um, an Ouroboros or, you know, a ring, it's just an endless cycle. And um, so a lot of of government buildings have that as a a symbol of um, fortitude and uh, prosperity. Mm -hmm. um let's see
0: now do you think that so you know i mean when obviously the people could you think people people could read these more readily in the past or like just a certain group of people would be reading these or and like what does that mean today when they're there are they now just there as carried over are there still people getting information out of these like
2: Yeah, so if we talk about symbols as a hidden language, if we go into history, let's like, I'll dive into Renaissance because that's what I'm most familiar with. Um, When we talk about these secret teachings, we talked about them being secret because of religious persecution. And so when these writings and these philosophies and these schools were developed, they were constantly just murdered like just flat out murder Uh because they didn't comply. They basically undermined the God or the authority at the time. And so in order to not only keep these teachings alive, but continue to teach, they had to find secret ways in order to document and transcribe things and not only preserve it, but open doors and kind of invite people into the symbolism to preserve and to perpetuate the teachings Mm -hmm. so people are still getting use out of them as like a tool for drawing a tool for measurement a tool for understanding sacred geometry but um i think it was a more precious tool back then because this is also uh the dawn of print printmaking being the first like mass uh, mass media it was the first way where you could have a like a piece of art Produced at a large scale. Right. Um, and, and spread around the world. So. Uh, crap. Totally lost. Ah. And yeah. did
0: it again. Yeah. Well, no, because I was just asking about, you know, the, the you know, were people getting more meaning out of the, out of, from back in the day oh, than yeah. people are now? Because I feel like most people aren't like clued into these, like, you know, as much of this symbolism as they probably used to be. It used yeah. to be more functional and now maybe it's, it's more decorative and 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 nostalgic or 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 traditional.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of it in a lot of architecture throughout U.S. history and definitely throughout Europe. Um, people would decorate um, buildings with symbols and, and like if you look at any cathedral, they're rich with the symbolism. But um,
0: right, the, right. the, the stuff yeah. that, and and then something like you know and, and this is probably on your list. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but the the obelisk in uh, Washington.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: Right, that's like a yeah. st- strange thing to be there because what is the symbolism of an obelisk?
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah the one power. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to uncover with that. Is what, like you can I would definitely recommend checking out last podcast if you definitely want like a deeper dive with that. Yeah, but um yeah the architecture i would say is the most blatant way we use it today and uh if you look at like the main secret society that we associate with in america is the freemasons and most um governmental buildings most uh large scale at least in massachusetts and new england most large cemeteries have a giant freemason presence Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: um That is one of the oldest ones that dates back. So that was one of the ways that people would spread information through symbols. And I would say that's like the one that has been the most common throughout, like since the Renaissance through now and before then. But uh, I would say that's like the most prominent force that we could see today.
0: And are the Freemasons like the biggest practicing secret society that we know about at this point? still uh
2: as far as i know yes um i can't say i like i do study the the some of the teachings that they share they share with hermeticism like they're basically a a group of teachings layered with their own so i definitely think they're the largest group that i'm aware of but uh, i don't know too much about what's going on other sides of the world
0: right and then shriners are like the highest form of freemasons is that right
2: Yep, and they use a lot of the same symbolism. They uh, rely on uh, teachings from Kabbalah, which is another thing that we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, They have symbols of alchemy. They have symbols of astrology. And basically, it's one big soup of mythology in order to teach a philosophy to uh, basically better all men, which is... One of my pet peeves about it, but
0: um, (laughs) you're like, wait a minute, what about these witches? What about all these witches out here? Oh, just burn them
2: all, man. Just (laughs) just put them all on fire. Maybe that's why I go like set fire, like everywhere I go, it catches fire.
0: So, do you feel like learning more about this? Do you feel like it? What do you feel like are the benefits of learning more about this? Is it increasing your power? Like, what's your idea? What's your take on magic? Right? I feel like I talk a lot about. You know the the you know the 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 i think the biggest conspiracy perpetuated on society is is everyone trying to convince you that life is normal go about your business when in reality it's this magical always evolving thing that you can you know really bend in shape and i feel like we you know that's that's really you know in 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 ingrained in the in the secret society of go scout philosophy and and really taking control of your destiny and building up your your character and your powers and really really getting super personal in your artwork and in your planning and your vision of who you want to be and all that to really go into your power unlock that power and really learn to wield your dominion over your, your reality, right? Really shape this thing and try to direct it a little bit. Of course you can't control it all the way, but you know, I'm really into these ideas and do you feel like this is part of, you know, well, number one, do you think anybody learning about this stuff? Do you think that's increasing their powers in this realm? And also like, what's your take on like personal magic, real magic in the world and and is learning about this stuff. Do you feel like it's increasing your own powers?
2: So I would say with, with all of the secret teachings, with all the philosophies that would fall under magic, I would say that the shared goal is primarily you have to go through these steps in order to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And then once you know yourself, you have to go step by step, stone by stone and better yourself, mm-hmm. teach yourself to be a better person. Right. And then the more you're able to focus on Forgiveness and kindness and compassion. The more you're able to up your virtues and harm less, harm less. Like the more you're able to perfect these tools, whether it's alchemy, whether it's tarot, whether it's uh, masonry, whether it's any of these things. All of these philosophies teach to perfect yourself. And so, I think anyone studying any of these will definitely benefit. Because if nothing else, it is a way to easily ex journalize things about yourself, look at them and see how they could change, how you can change and small ways that you can better yourself. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, I say, I have this like little Patreon that does like secret teachings, stuff, but I say a lot, um, you're, you are the only thing that you will have for your entire life. So like, whether it's one step at a time or like a mile a day, you might as well start working on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, all of these sacred teachings really do just are just like a manual for, for how to better yourself. And so, yeah, I, th- I definitely think anyone using it uh, can definitely benefit from it. And I think that it definitely ties into any and
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, ghost scout lore a hundred percent because um, on top, like even just on like a literature scale, if you just read these philosophies and like, um, like Kabbalion, it's like the text for alchemy. Alchemy is about transmutation. It's about taking something base and making it something better through effort and work and and time. Right. Um. You can have plant alchemy. You can have like uh, herbal alchemy, where you cook certain plants. You can have uh, social alchemy. You can have whatever. But basically, um, if you craft that you're willing to work on, you have a way to parallel yourself and your development with that craft and Find tools to better yourself, find tools to meditate, find tools to figure out who you are, who you want to be, how to get there, and basically re-meet yourself. And it sounds cheesy, it sounds so cheesy, but I definitely back it.
0: Well, I mean, Uh, I think that, you know, definitely on this podcast, the listeners podcast, definitely familiar with that idea of there being like a reality 101, right, Where, where everybody starts. And that's kind of mainstream reality. And it's kind of what they tell you. And then some people realize, wait, there's more outside of this box. There's more than reality 101. There's more than what mainstream reality is telling me let me start to look outside of that let me start to and then and then once you realize that it's like okay are you going to stay just 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 put your head in the sand and stay in that mainstream reality stay in that matrix or do you pop up and go out on that hero's quest do you go out on that individual journey to see just what your destiny might have in store for you right and that and that there's probably oh, wow. infinite destinies and infinite realities out there that you can kind of engage in right that's something that i've been feeling a lot more lately is like I think in the when I was younger, I maybe thought that there was like, you know, like one person I was meant to be with and like one destiny that I was pursuing. And now I realize, I feel like I realized there's all these different paths and they lead to all different destinations along the way. And like right now I could take a hundred different paths and lead my life in completely different directions. You know, there's always infinite paths in front of you. And it's a matter of figuring out what is the focus? What That's why it's so important to be like, what is the goal here? of my personal goal and then my goal within my community and stuff like that. Right. And just like pursuing that, like, I, I, I think about that more and more all the time on, on this journey, you know?
2: Yeah. That's where I, I kind of connect real, like, like ritual magic and real magic into my reality at this point is, um, you know, when I first started studying, well, still studying this, I try to keep a skeptical and mathematical mind about it because I, you know, I really want evidence that I can hold on to and write down and be like, yep, that's true. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about magic and you can't provide that, you talk about magic, you talk about good vibes and bringing bringing your destiny to you and that stuff. It's like when you tell that to someone who isn't kind of open to that stuff, it's going to be really difficult to kind of talk about it. Right. And it sounds very um,
0: cliche. It's hard to break through because this the the there's you know obviously there's people have heard so many people talk about that and so much of it is hucksters and snake oil salesmen the self-empowerment and the you know all this all this bullshit out there you know and and so so yeah sometimes it is i'm always trying to figure out what the what the right way to describe it is to really get people thinking about it you know
2: well, yeah, and one of the one of the ways that I've been able to kind of unite my science math brain with the magic brain is by looking into quantum mathematics. And yes, I, I Yes, totally. Oh my god, oh, I'm, I'm so, so with sick. you here.
0: I'm so with you here because it's, so so it's so magical. It's so magical.
2: So a lot of my magical thinking definitely comes to the universe, mm-hmm. and um, luckily it it holds hands with the astrology, but definitely. I study more on the the science side and the quantum side and I actually just posted a quick little video about the the double slit experiment and um, the particle wave duality but basically I believe that energy is totally real that we have an effect that every living thing has an electromagnetic field Um, and I think that the same way that anything any instrument is tuned any plant anything that grows and resonates and works in harmony with nature will benefit and have higher energy, blah, mm-hmm, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that the same way that we used to treat germs, if you think about like war surgeons in World War I, they would cut up someone with gangrene and then like wipe their hands off on their clothes and then go cut someone up and give them gangrene and not know. Mm-hmm. People didn't know that these invisible things were able to affect their health and make them sick and make them worse. And then we're like, oh, these invisible things can affect us. Let's deal with that. And I, I feel like energy is kind of the same way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And through that, um, the double slit experiment is a, is a f- uh, physics project with the con- quantum uh, mathematics where they basically suggest that the act of observing something, our our attention to something is able to change its outcome. And so, like you said, when there's parallel realities, you have everything set out before you. Particles, uh, electrons, and photons, and now they're even able to do it with uh, molecules. They will leave, you know, a turret as a a particle and then break into a wave. And what that means is every single position that it could end up in exists at once as a wave in superposition. Just like our parallel realities. And so... If we watch it, then that breaks down that wave pattern and just puts it into one fixed spot. And um, so just the idea that our consciousness can affect energy, can affect matter, can affect something. It makes the whole idea of attracting, like the law of attraction and like fake it till you make it and like all of those things, it gives it a much more real scientific bite
0: to it yeah and the idea of placebo right that that placebo mm-hmm. people can receive placebos and still see health benefits from it right it's like your yeah. intention your will your focus your beliefs right i mean people can believe that they're going to be sick all the time and boom it affects their immune system and then they're sick all the time i know people like that you know
2: yeah yep um, like i think that so basically yeah tying intention attention, focus, and, like, work, uh, I think that's basically the core steps that any of these teachings, any of these philosophies, any of these crafts will try to get you to learn, is, like, constantly look at yourself, constantly work on yourself, constantly better yourself, and constantly, like, question yourself. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah.
0: Yeah so it's kind of like any kind of traditional education it's these it's these symbols and these forms of architecture and all this stuff that is that is that that when you're curious about it it starts to clue you into there is a long history of you know people trying to take control over this thing called life and different people's attempts to do that and communicate their efforts within right that's kind of the that's kind of part of this
2: Yeah It's definitely part of it, and there's definitely more literal, um, like literal senses of magic when it comes to it. Like they definitely have rituals, they have chants, they have meditations where you can change, like like have more dramatic effects on the reality around you. Yeah, yeah. Talk about
0: ritual magic, because I really like the idea of ritual magic. I feel like I I practice a lot of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I what I know about it is basically like being able to affix an intention and a hope to either a symbol that you've created or a talisman that you've chosen and being able to focus your plan or focus a thought and basically contain it within that image or that vessel Mm. and then the rituals i know it's basically like you set the what kind of ritual magic, really? Like, what do you want to know?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, just like what the ideas of ritual magic is. So you were describing it. So you're setting your intention. You're setting your plans. Now, does it always involve an object, like a physical I mean, no, object? it
2: doesn't have to. There's, um, So, like, uh, I would say the ones I'm most familiar with are candles, which mm-hmm. is, you know, worldwide known. Like, every church has a section of candles to light. And um and then yeah like you know a lot of people work with stones for for these reasons. Um, I have done sigil work. I like sigil work. Actually, even vision boards. Vision boards are totally a ritual magic. Yeah. And what it is is the idea that there is like a collective unconscious. There is a connected universe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the hope and the idea of it is that you can collect. You can connect. And sort of project your hopes and your aspirations to a bigger section of the universe, I guess. It would be like the more your hope and the more you can meditate, the more you can reach of this collective unconscious, the more you're going to be able to shift your reality to that reality. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you need a thing to focus it on. And so... I I usually do either a sigil or or like an object, but it's definitely not necessary uh, something. And then, um, yeah, a lot of it, like I have a candle that was made for me by a friend who uh, makes ritual candles and she focuses on, I ask her, like she asks me what I need and I tell her like, I think I told her like patience and strength. And so she chose certain herbs that are known for that in Herbal Alchemy And so the intention and focus that she put into that candle affects it. And then she also gave me tips for doing the ritual to, um, you know, have it kind of echo and fill my room. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: so a lot of it is just thought intention. And uh, one of the basic rules of magic throughout ritual magic or whatever you're studying is if you're able to believe it and it doesn't harm anyone and it helps you, better yourself then it's magic so if if her intention putting it in the candle and then my intention of saying the things and then lighting it if that puts me in a place where i'm feeling better and feeling more patient more strong whether or not i can literally like scientifically measure the difference doesn't matter if it made progress
0: right yeah i find it so fascinating because being someone that Really, as you know, my whole adult life been very focused on routines that empower me and and thought patterns that uh, empower me and activities that empower me and then starting to build like once we get to ghost training camp, building a regiment that is going to empower everybody in the group. And, and we have successfully created this thing where we show up and we all agree to do these same rituals, you know. We have a very yeah. like scheduled thing, and it and it raises all our powers. We are all believing it as individuals, and we're all collectively believing it. And you know, because if everybody came and was just like, and we've had some, you know, different like instances and stuff where there is low morale and and people are out on it and you the spell and the spell is broken right that spell can be broken and you can feel yeah. it and then you can also really feel when we're together and we're buying into it and as we say you know, we're always like the, the you know, camp runs on morale. It's all about high morale. It starts with me. I'm every day generating it. it. It goes to the counselors. They're every day generating it. The job of the counselors is to know that and, you know, always be aware of the their own morale and the morale of the group, right? That's where it all starts and it goes from there, but that's always the core principle. And so that's really another way of of just saying we're we're creating this spell together we're summoning hell yeah this fucking this power that we have within us to to enchant this group and to come together and do these things that are then really enhancing all of our power we are literally everybody pushing themselves physically and getting stronger than they've been before we're enhancing our our strength of one another with this spell we're enhancing the inspiration of one another of the the imagination that creativity is being leveled up in everybody by this spell that we are creating not only in ourselves but as the group and becoming even stronger than we would as individuals doing it on our own like cuz I do it on my own all the time and it's never as strong as when we're doing that camp thing the energy that was is in within me as with that is within me at those times is the peak of it you know and and that's yeah. why I love doing the podcast it's it's getting into that thing and that's why I love doing this Twelve week online group workshop. I get to get in there with the kids and and with the students and mix it up in one on one vid chat with them and activate that part of me. And we start doing this spell with the vid chats and 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 that gets a little bit of it. But nothing is more than when we're out in the woods in this forest that we're that we've been supercharging with magic for fucking you know this will be the ninth year, right? This is this will be year nine. Yep. Um, this is year nine because we're already in in the year. So you know this is year nine of supercharging, deciding that this was this. This is the magical forest. We're all coming together and casting this spell over and over again. Whenever we come together and enhancing each other and 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 you can feel it in the space. It's in the woods even when nobody's there now. I mean, it's really embodied it. And that is that that's that's the amazing thing. People are like Oh, magic's not real. Magic, this and that, blah, blah blah. Like, there's such mainstream ideas about what something is or isn't. Like, if you can't wave a wand in the air and fucking turn someone into a frog, like that's that's what magic is. Like, mm. like, like I'm sure there are times or or places or people that could do that, or uh, that's happened, right? I believe that basically everything out there is happening. In one way or another at some time or another, right? If you can think of it, some shit's happened. <laughs> you know, there, there's definitely some wizards out there with wands and dragons and all that shit, whether it's in our reality or a different one or the past or the future or whatever. Yeah. But like there is real magic that you can control in your fucking life. Like we thrive on that. Like, you know, and yeah. I think I think all creative people know that intuitively because what does it mean to take a piece of Fucking wood, and then take a piece of bark, this pencil and this paper, and put them together, and fucking, you know, inspire people, create amazing art. Basically, print money when you're doing it right. You know, you're basically Mm -hmm. making your, your, you're, you're magically, you know, a pencil's like a magic wand. I'm sitting here, my whole life, just spinning this pencil around on a piece of paper, and I get to do whatever I want because of that. That's fucking magic. You know what I'm saying? That is a spell. So, you know, I mean, again, it's that idea that people have such. I think limited views of things. I think that's one of the ways that civilization and culture tricks you is by putting labels on things and then diminishing things and making them seem silly and, 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 and having you write them off and having things become cliche. And you hear things so much that you stop listening to it. Um, And these are the ways they trick you out of really knowing how to use your magic. But it's like, fuck man, I, that I have, when I when I wasn't when I didn't know about my magic when I was when I was younger I struggled and I was at the whims of other people and when I figured out how to use my magic all of a sudden I became the wizard that was creating my own reality and I was in charge of my own shit and now I fucking you know I'm the leader of a secret society and have my own magical forest so you know it's yep. tr- it's working
2: <laughs> yeah There's, it's also when when you're talking about like the the like the power that's in that forest now. also we can circle back to the quantum mathematics and like if you think of the collective unconscious it's kind of it's almost like a 4d cell phone network and if you think about it in the sense that we are existing like if you believe in the 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 concept of I'm sorry believe in the concept of a higher (laughs) self yeah the quantum collective unconscious is basically a network in which every single person has an undying cell phone that is unrestricted by time or space yeah so like buddha has a fucking cell phone number and so many people are blowing him up he's got a giant cell phone tower because so many people are giving hopes and dreams and paying attention to this timeless spaceless entity Yeah. and so when we look at it on a much more like individual scale, um we all have these connections that we can't see. There there are phone lines that we can't see. I can't see how like I can't see how my text gets to you, mm-hmm. but I know that it will. And so it's kind of the same concept where we are all connected and we have made this web not only across the world, but we have this giant like spine of connections to this forest. And, like, the amount of stories, the amount of lore, the amount of creativity, the amount of power, the amount of growth, mm-hmm. the amount of process, um, the amount of development, like, it's it's transmutation. And so if you're able to, <laughs> if you look into the collective unconsciousness theory, it's, it's I like that one best because I think it can connect people, not only beyond space and time, but can connect concepts. Like, um, actually, on the last podcast, they talk about Tulpa's, a couple of times,
0: but that's um, what the new twin peaks was all about. Those tulpas baby.
2: Yeah. yep. So it's basically like, uh, in, in the quantum realm, every art, every God, every deity, every hero has a quantum cell phone number that you can connect to. And like you then have a connection to, you know, Athena, if you want it and you can share Athena's power, you can get Athena's bravery every Mm -hmm. time you connect with her. Mm -hmm. So, um that's one of my more favorite math magic sort of theories,
0: yeah, that's and the- na- and the
2: forest would be overflowing with it,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah the forest that underground fucking network fucking communicating everything all the time the trench, but yeah, the quantum stuff is so interesting, and uh you know I'm always fascinated by that i've been listening to I listened to some to some quantum, some juicy scientific quantum podcast that, you know, it's it's so much fun to listen to that stuff because, you know, every, all computing that we use, I don't think people realize, but all the modern technology, all the computing, everything from like the 80s onward is all based on the workings of quantum computing and quantum mechanics and stuff. We don't know how it works, but we know that it works and we base everything on it, much like we can depend on gravity to work but we don't know how it works right we know mm-hmm. that it works and we we use it every day to our advantage you know or our disadvantage you know in some cases yeah. but uh to your disadvantage definitely i've seen gravity get the <laughs> best of you many times mm-hmm. uh, but you know but but we know that it, we know it's we know the kind of general properties of it and 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 the quantum stuff is the same way you know it's so fascinating um to, to learn about that stuff. I mean, I wish that there was much more of a large conversation about the possibilities of all that stuff. And it's more in the like scientific community and, you know, in, in niche stuff. But that's one of the most fascinating uh, concepts out there for sure.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite like comparisons to say about quantum math is like, like you said, we can benefit from it without even knowing it. I compare it to a dog watching TV like it might recognize it. It might even like be like, oh, that is a dog, but like it doesn't know what Hollywood is. It doesn't know what a camera is. Right. It doesn't know what's happening. And like I, I basically equate that like we might see a ghost. We might like see something that doesn't make sense. But in the quantum world, it's just regular, right. and we're just seeing something that we can't understand yet, yeah. just because we don't have the math yet.
0: Yeah,
2: it's sick.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, how fun.
2: much time do you have? Do you want to go to Doomsday's real quick?
0: Sure, let's do it. Yeah, we've got time.
2: All right, sick. Um, I'm going to jump into... There's a a video that I'm going to be working on, but I'll just like tell you about it. Uh, so there is a cross in Hende, France that no one really knows where it came from or how old it is, but it's dated to be, um, I think, around 1,200. But basically this is a really good example of doomsday prophecies and the language of symbols Mm -hmm. because it has weird four it has four faces and uh a big cross on the top and basically it has this hidden message of um the world being tested by fire Mm -hmm. and the the iron age which is the age that we're in coming to a fiery end and having the hieroglyph of uh death the reaper the scythe and the hourglass Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and none of that's in the symbols there's no skeleton there's no anything the only thing the cross says is uh i n r i which generally means uh jesus of nazareth king of the jews but another latin phrase that's really common uh common translation for i n r i is uh I am sorry. Uh, integra? No. Oh my god. I'm sorry.
1: It's
0: okay. You're good. You'll get it. I always just read it as Enry. That's so funny. I never even thought about what it meant. I was Henry. like Inri Enry, Enry. What's Enry?
2: Enri. Um, integra renovata. Oh my god. Well, basically, uh, by by nature, by fire, nature is renewed whole i'm so mad at myself that i don't remember that but basically um and the symbols that continue on the bottom of the cross are like they have it ties to the tarot Mm
1: -hmm.
2: which also ties to uh the hermetic symbolism and all like the freemason symbolism and it's the last few cards of the deck so it is um the star the sun the moon and the judgment card and the judgment card is the end. It's it's revelations. It's the angel at the end of the world, mm. uh, ringing its bell and getting ready to collect everyone. Wow. And uh, the other inscription on the cross has a few like really like almost like Da Vinci Code level errors where you it's like has to be an obvious mistake on purpose. Because there's no way that a mason would be able to mess up the way they did, and so there's a different puzzle about finding um, refuge from the end of the world, and there's, I'll, it's it's totally sick, and basically they suggest that um, our world will be ending by fire pretty mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> And uh, that the only place we can retreat to is uh, Peru, which is also the locations of a bunch of other magical stuff. Wow. It's um, also one of the locations that a bunch of the alien stuff has been documented at. Yeah,
0: Machu Picchu. And,
2: mm-hmm. And um, also, the, uh, if you remember Rendlesham Forest, when they touched the—do you, do you know about um, the Rendlesham Forest UFO?
0: That's the one that the uh that the that the army saw the two army guys or whatever yeah he yeah. touched
2: it and he got binary code encoded in his brain right uh the one of the translations for his binary code translations was on um, the same city in peru is cusco peru wow so the cross gave the cross gave the same coordinates as that weird alien ship
0: as wow. the same
2: place that the aliens were found damn. and aliens are gonna come at the end of the world
0: damn um, to start it over again to hit that fucking sega reset button
2: yeah dude it's gonna be sick uh <laughs> there's yeah it's it's gonna be sick but yeah if, if anyone wants to look up more about that it's the cross of henday in Hyundai france
1: oh, uh tight. there's
2: there's a book about it by a master alchemist by uh known as falconelli but it's a kind of old book and then there's like this weird documentary on gaia which is that that uh yes basically gaia.com gaia. when... <laughs> yeah I mean. are you still
0: subscribed to gaia.com do you uh, are am. you still up on it i'm on it wow it must be going insane because like i mean there's been just more and more alien stuff i can't even yeah, imagine dude, what fucking I'm, what cory good is talking about these days
2: i'm really ex- <clears throat> i'm really excited about aliens i can't wait can't fucking wait um <laughs> but yeah and like last one is uh revelations that giant painting that i showed you earlier mm-hmm. it's all about the world ending and
0: the one you're working on yep and that's on your instagram right have you shown that one yet
2: yeah there's a bunch of time lapses it's still in progress so it's not done but there's a bunch of photos of it Mm -hmm. and uh videos of it but that painting is going to be the unfurling of revelations and basically uh the end of the the end of this the reason a lot of doomsday things are happening now is that we are not only at the end of a millennia that just you know just ended we're getting into um but On top of that, we are switching into the age of Aquarius, or we just switched, depending on who you ask. Um, And what that is, is a zodiacal age. And that goes back into magic, it goes back into astrology, but a zodiacal age is 2,160 years. And if you have a great year, so if you have, if that's a zodiacal month or a zodiacal age, you have a zodiacal year of 25,900
0: years. Damn, dude, it's getting deep. (laughs)
2: yeah so we're we're also at the intersection of that oh shit (laughs) and so uh this is also known as the great year the procession of the equinox it's also in line with uh the yuga system which is uh uh hindu uh and we are in what's known as the kali yuga and the kali is is the goddess of destruction of annihilation of change of transmutation
1: Mm -hmm. of
2: reset of giant reset buttons and uh we are it's in the last sliver of the clock before the clock resets and that's where we are as well as that wow. um, and also <laughs> If uh, if you look at revelations and uh, also book of enough you know, throughout the Bible You'll see four beasts that represent the four apostles mm-hmm. it is um, <clears throat> the the bull the man the lion and the eagle and what? You is like, really? I didn't know this until pretty recently and I found it pretty wild, but they also correlate, um, the eagle can be translated to the Zodiac of Scorpio, which is weird because you would consider why not just a scorpion? But if you think about the regions in which this Christian imagery was going through, uh, there weren't that many scorpions where they were, you know, uh, pre- uh, preaching. So they turned it into an eagle and so we have the the man is Aquarius, the bull is Taurus, the lion is Leo, and Scorpio is the eagle. And that is the three quarters of the clock. So that would be uh, 12, 3, 6, and 9.
0: Wow. So that
2: also is the last phase of another clock. So sorry, I might have been on deep damn, dive on that damn. one. Damn,
0: dude, this is juicy, dude. This is insanity. But so, like, in in terms of, like, do you think that? there it's it there's so many so many thoughts about this but like Do you think that there is like, oh God, and again, it comes back to the parallel realities thing too, but like in just searing it into this reality and these, these sort of like this, 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 uh, this, um, legacy of prophecies and stuff, is it because we just, we live on a planet where there are extinction events and we know these things happen and we're kind of obsessed with it. And so that's just part of our stories as a people Or do you think there's like literally something that is like coming and being predicted? Or is it just like always happening? Like if you just cycle through time there, the world is on fire. These things are happening. Like people are dying off. There's plagues. There's, you know, like, because I mean, if you look at it, things are sort of, there's more people that have been alive than ever before. More people are living at at a higher level than anybody in history, you know, and even the whole of human existence, as they say is like is like you know if you if you look at it on a clock it's like the we're like the last minute before midnight like we just got here right like like we just got here and almost you know we've experienced almost nothing but then we have all these like crazy ideas about like the end of it all and stuff like that you know it's like it's so funny to think like you know it's like an ant coming up and trying to tell you about all your shit you know it's like the end of the world because i only live for a week and it's the end of the world but it's like it's just like it's like a mosquito trying to come and tell you that it's like the end of the world and you're like yo bro it's the end of your world but I'm going to keep on going you know like It's like a
2: seven it's like it's like when I was 17 and I was like I've seen what I need to see in this world
0: Yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah I
2: I've, 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 I've done it all I don't need anything else
0: So do you personally think there is like a prophecy that like is coming to fruition or is this all just like just people, you know, coming up with their ideas and the world keeps on going and we're always going through all these cycles. Like people have always thought it was about to be the end of the world, basically since the beginning of people, right?
2: Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Where I stand with it uh, is basically the, the same way that we look at seasons and look at I think that astrology has a lot more than we're willing to give it credit for. Yeah, and I think that I like it that measures analogy cycles. to seasons, yeah, yeah. I I think that we have cycles that we don't really pay attention to because, like you said, it's like an ant compared to the cycle that this is now occurring at. So, if 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 human history is only remembered by what we write down and the mythology that we write and the folklore that we write we would imagine that some of this actually would be a warning. Yeah. The the thing i trust most though is like ice core drillings. And if you there's like if you look it up on youtube you can find it in different places but um if you see ice core drillings from hundreds and thousands of years of earth's past uh every like i think it's like oh god 80,000 maybe 85,000 years There seems to be a wave layer of iridium, Mm -hmm. which suggests like a a solar flare or something or a coronal mass ejection or something like that. But it does seem to be on a cyclical cycle. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's that, whether it's a comet, whether it's something, uh, I would, I honestly, I would like it to be true, which sounds terrible but i just i think it'd be exciting yeah and i think i think we've done enough damage i think this planet needs to sneeze us off yeah but uh um, but yeah i if anything i think it's just a cycle and so that's the amount of weight or gravity i'm willing to assign to folklore and mythology mm-hmm. is that like there's probably a decent amount of truth to it especially like a lot of it ties it's interesting that like when we base our our mythology on constellations, like most of the constellations are not only shared by different civilizations, scattered by time and space in the world, but like even the characters are the same. Like Achilles is still Mars. And like like, that's kind of close. But, you know, the warrior Mm. is still the warrior. The bear is still the bear, Mm. regardless of where you are. And that's really weird because they're just dots in the sky. Yeah, because it's
0: hard to see what they're supposed to be.
2: Yeah. So if if this many stories of this many doomsday prophecies and this many judgment days, every single religion has a judgment, mm-hmm. and yes, it is definitely a way to get people to believe in God mm-hmm. for sure, and that definitely is a primary reason that it's so you know romanticized and illustrated. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's going to be a winter of death.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. People are always like yeah kind of like looking at what's happened and then forecasting that forward, right, and that's just like an ongoing cycle and so you're yeah. you're always hearing about those great floods, those great fires, the great plagues the you know all these things, and then they are always like cycling back through, and we continue the stories on and they're they stay relevant and they stay capturing people's imagination because I don't know, I guess just human human life and human shortcomings where you know we always do manage to have class systems and slavery and fucking war and like all the same fucking failings like our society gets greater and greater but we still have like the same like failings as as every previous society like you know although there there are a lot of european societies that are you know getting you know, better to their people at least, you know, yeah. than, than this. So that's really, that's really cool. But still, I mean, all these, every industrial society is reliant on slavery to, you know, get it, get it, it's daily goods. So like, you know, yep. we're still all locked into this like really old school uh, yep. way, like, of, are, way of going about things.
2: Living in an empire of very wrong things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so crazy, man. I remember when I was like a kid, like when I was a teenager and I first started to realize this stuff. And I was like, wow, that how fucked up is that? If you just go through your life as a normal person, you're participating in war and slavery and all this shit that like we're supposed to be learning is bad. But we're all doing it. It's all just out of our sight. And so it's out of our mind. And we all just go about our business. That was one of the first things where I started to really be like... And then when people would be like, well, and then when people would be like, well, politicians, you know, they lie, and they, you know, they you know, that's part of politics. And I was like, I'd just be like, why, why we're not supposed to lie to each other, but we, ex- but we accept that the leaders of the world, the world is so complicated that they have to deceive us to run mm-hmm. it. I was just like none of this is making any fucking sense to me. And that's what I really yep. started to like, started to start to peek behind the veil of mainstream reality. Cause just none of it would add up, you know? So it's weird. Yeah. It's so insane, man.
2: Yeah. So I, I honestly, I think this world is going to continue to crumble. And like, I know I sound like a dick saying that. And I'm sure <laughs> that like, I'm also going to, I'm sure I'm going to suffer more than I'm currently suffering. That's what life is. But like, I, I just don't think the world's gonna. It might bounce back for a little bit, but I, I, I think the world's gonna end. And maybe I'm wrong. That'd be sick.
0: What is? Just, what do you mean the world's gonna end? Like what is ending? You mean like where in the? Where are we in the process of that?
2: I oh my god. I I, <laughs> I keep hoping that it's gonna be in like the next few years. Oh god. Um, <laughs> 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 um I believe. I believe that there's other dimensions and stuff, and I think I'm just kind of sick of this one, man. So how and does like, that
0: figure went into like a into like a quantum, you know, the 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 quantum fucking realm, you know, infinite parallel realities, infinite variant realities? Are they all doomsday? Is it is it a human condition? Is it in your mind? Are they in all the realities? Are they in none of the real I mean, what what does it mean if there is infinite realities? How could there possibly be a doomsday? How could it?
2: No, I think it's. I think it's the end of the world if you believe in different. Like, but what about the world
0: in other dimensions? What are all parallel worlds?
2: Well, parallel worlds are also remote. Like, there can be di- uh, distortions in time. Right. So you can still visit that, but like, I mean, yeah, I think I think you would have to visit it in a reality in which you can visit parallel worlds. But I think that parallel right. world can will always exist because everything always exists outside of space and time. Right. So, so, there, reality, so there
0: is a non doomsday scenarios out there, but you feel like we're yeah. in a doomsday scenario.
2: I just, yeah, just this world. And, and not just like, like, a yeah, natural, it's, I, a,
0: it's not just the nat. Do you feel like it's the natural order of things or do you feel like there is a, you know, h- humans in particular have the, have, have come along and we are ushering in the end of the world. Yeah.
2: I think it's just a reset button. I
0: yeah. think
2: that, I think that like, humans, like we said, humans have only been here for a little bit. And this is, you know, this is definitely more fringy. But, like, we have very small clues that civilization has existed way before we knew about it. Right, like and before
0: like, the Ice Age and all that stuff. Like, yeah. big, big civilizations.
2: <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, I, I like to think that Whether it's human life or other life, whether it's just dinosaurs for like 50,000 years or 100,000 years or a million years, whatever, um, I think that's just a reset button for life. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, maybe humans will end up back here again. But uh, I just, yeah, I just think they wipe the slate clean and let stuff grow over and then call it. Call it a day and then evolution takes its course
0: and what do the aliens think about you know what, what are the aliens thinking out there about doomsday about realities about are they thinking about us what 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 is, where do aliens fit into this equation for you
2: it definitely depends on who you ask um i <laughs> i like <clears throat> i really like looking into different theories and I'm definitely not going to say that I definitely believe or disbelieve in any or all of these because there's really interesting tidbits to all of them. But I want to make that very clear because there's some really wild ones. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite thoughts is um, the hollow moon theory. Yeah. And that one said like uh, the moon is a craft and it monitors the world and is a giant basically like um like a seed storage and like basically connects genetic samples from every single species. That way, if the world ever explodes, they they can seed the world again. Um, that one's pretty good. That oh, that's a funny. good one. Um, another common one is that um, before this, before the last couple zodiacal ages, the world used to be uh, belong to the reptilians. And the reptilians like were killing it. They were doing great. They had dinosaurs. Everything was giant. Bugs were the size of chickens and like birds were the size of houses. And then um, I guess uh, what is it? The Anunnaki the Anunnaki were like, Yo, we wanna we want this planet, and they're like, No. And then the Anunnaki threw a comet at it, and mm-hmm. that's what ended the dinosaurs, and then they're like, Whoops, looks like we have it now, and then built humans.
0: Mm-hmm. So To mine for uh, to maybe- mine for gold.
2: Yep. So maybe maybe the reptilians will take back over the new Earth once it's wiped clean. Mm. Uh maybe maybe we'll all get soaked up to the moon on S D cards and then planted on Mars. Maybe Damn, we'll on Mars.
0: That's tight, dude. Let's upload to that fucking moon, that big MP three player in the moon.
2: Yeah, basically dude there's an even scarier the moon is just that, an
0: though. ipod 20 the moon yeah. is just an iphone 20 up there a... fucking <laughs>
2: no I, I hope it's like one of the like
0: it's the cloud iPod's the from, moon like, is the cloud <laughs> that's where yeah, everybody's well, backup yeah, photos are
2: yep the quantum uh the collective unconsciousness is kind of like a cloud
0: oh my god
2: uh yeah dude there's there's an extra deep theory a juicy theory on top of the hollow moon theory And that's, uh, in, in before the moon was at earth, I think it, it, it orbited a different planet and the people there knew that their time was up. So they uploaded their consciousness onto the hard drive of the moon, like you said, Mm -hmm. and then the iPod and then, um, (laughs)
0: iPod moon, I moon.
2: (laughs) Yup. And then a virus fucking like an, like a bad alien took over the moon. And then used all of the people's consciousness to basically infiltrate other worlds with their consciousness. So they oh, basically
1: shit.
2: took their consciousness hostages so they could take over other planets.
0: Damn, that's a juicy one.
2: Yep. it goes <laughs> it's it's great. I love alien theory. Yeah, I heard it's one so about good. the moon
0: recently where it's like a giant energy reservoir and it's like sucking all the like energy from the world and storing it there for use of other, yeah. other alien. And that's civilizations. why
2: That's why crime and uh, violent crimes uh, upspike on a full moon because the full moon is, is giving us bad vibes and it's sucking up all the bad vibes that we make. And Damn. so it's like, yeah, crash your
0: car. Maybe it's just because it's lit up more and motherfuckers are like, oh, I can see that person. I'm going to go rob them. <laughs> <laughs> Stab them in the face. Right Thanks, the... moon. Because <laughs> in the old days, the full moon robbers would love the full moon. Before there was lights out in the night and shit, they'd be like, oh, full yep. moon's the robber's moon, dude. You'd be out there fucking on the road hiding in the woods, ready to jump out on a carriage, dude. Yep. And uh, uh
2: in in oh my god in cape cod lore there's a tattoo shop called moon cusser and they actually they curse the moon because uh it would be shoot ship bootleggers so people would go onto ships and steal stuff so when the when the moon is full totally. people would steal them see them robbing so oh they would my wait until it was done.
0: absolutely cool story wow incredible
2: wow oh shit uh did you hear about jim baker do you know about jim baker
0: uh i don't know
2: uh i'll send you a link but it's that televangelist who sells the buckets of food
0: oh right yep
2: he got sued trying to su- uh sell a cure for coronavirus
0: yeah alex jones too he said he has like yeah, tooth, toothpaste yeah. that like kills the virus immediately and shit he, too. wasn't he
2: just sued like can't he i think he's
0: always being sued he got deplatformed last year you know and he's always getting himself in trouble he's like become this insane character
2: become (laughs) i mean
0: like he's definitely ramped it up like i mean he's always been like out there but like i don't know there's been a frenzy has definitely been building and he just constantly doubles down on it and like it's more and more just absolutely insane it's like so bizarre but definitely almost worth it to just have him go on Joe Rogan and smoke weed and get drunk and just like fucking lose his mind on conspiracies. Yeah. Cause nobody makes it there. Uh, nobody argues conspiracies better than Alex Jones. I mean, he's, obvi- <laughs> he's, he's, so he's obviously so like, a, he's obviously like a fear profiter, which is like just so deplorable, but, mm-hmm. but, but like his fucking conspiracy game and it like is just level 9,000. Like he, yeah. <laughs> when he gets going, nobody's better. He's a steamroller. <laughs>
2: I had a a coworker. You, this is like like maybe almost ten years ago. I had a coworker from a, a small toy company, um, like Alex Jones fanatic, like religiously listened to Alex Jones, and uh, quit because we got a thumbprint scanner where if you wanted to, you could clock in with your thumb, uh-huh. or you could use like a six digit code. And he like threw a tantrum and quit because Alex Jones was like, they're going to take your DNA.
0: Wow. Well, I already gave mine up to, I already sent mine in to ancestry.com. So if you see me out there, it might not be me. Everybody out there, if you see me out there, it might be a clone, might not be me.
2: It's, you already got, you're going to got a clone. You got Brian Hologram.
0: (laughs) That's right, dude. There's a lot of Brian Holograms out there. They're all out there walking around. I will never
2: do the DNA thing, man. I can't.
0: Yeah yeah
2: i don't want it
0: i don't want it total recall total totally recalled (sighs) damn well that was juicy i'm i know people are gonna love this people are gonna love to hear all this fun stuff you know it's it's entertaining and also you know feeds into uh you know this kind of the the world we're in today without you know but but still but so a little escapism evolved which i think is nice you know it's 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 fun to hear about the corona stuff or not fun exactly but riveting to hear about that also fun to take a step away from it and and get into some other stuff so that's, that's yeah nice. this is good
2: i would say the last thing i'd throw out there as terms of like magic and art is uh if you get yourself a set of golden ratio calipers you can make them, when I made mine, it was a little bit less, it had wiggle room, so it was a little bit less reliable, but um, they're like 12 bucks online and they are one of the more helpful tools I've ever had in my arson of uh, art supplies. So I would definitely check that out and you can study and create more um, proportional golden ratio art with it. And that that's is really cool. Helpful.
0: That's very cool. I'd like to do more of that on purpose. You know, I don't know if it comes through intuitively or whatever, but I would definitely love to love to get into some of that, try to try I bet
2: to... it does to a certain extent and I bet it would yes, yeah, definitely. I think that's a lot.
0: I feel that. like that's a lot of what I'm doing <laughs> when I draw. It's like I do so much drawing and erasing and probing and rearranging and I feel like you're you're going th- to to until you see those things start to form, you know. I'm sure there yeah. is. A, I'm sure you could, you know, put that they spiral in and the position. triangle and yeah, all those things. I'm sure you could start to throw it over some pieces and start to get some cool insights into why why you know your own artwork is laid out the way it is without even doing it on purpose. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: it is pretty pretty cool cool. I've done it I've sat down with books and just gone page page painting by painting and
0: like found these hidden resources it's so cool wow that's right. that's right.
2: awesome
0: we could all learn to be more powerful and deliberate with these using these ancient methods of visual pleasure right I always say you want to you want to make it very pleasant for the viewer's eyes to just come in and walk around your piece I want my I want my artwork to be like a hot tub that people want to linger in you know so that is very much in that realm of that of those magical visual spells those golden ratios those all that stuff so i love that
2: it's it's a giant open book, and I highly suggest everyone dive into it because you're inside for weeks, if not months.
0: Exactly. Great time to dive into hermeticism, <laughs> to look into <laughs> Kabbalism, Kabbalism and Kabbalah and, and, and Tarot and all this shit. So, uh, yes, Make features to light. Now, do you have any juicy recommendations on if people are like, oh, wow, some of this is cool. Where can I find find out more about it? Do you have some, like, juicy uh, touchstone books or so anything to dive into.
2: Absolutely, I would definitely check out Manly P. Hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, his book, that book, has taught me a lot. His lectures have also taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. They're really, really great lectures.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, other than that, I would grab a book, uh, a tarot deck, and a book, and just look into it, look at the symbolism within it. And um, other than that, I would definitely check out the. Looney Tunes episode of Donald Duck teaching sacred geometry because it's like twenty minutes long. They talk to Pythagoras and they talk about sacred uh mathematics in the octave. They talk about the history and architecture of sacred geometry, and it's awesome. It's That's a perfect cool. introduction to all of this.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That that Donald Duck one is awesome. Do you remember what it's called?
2: I think I just looked up uh Donald Duck teaches sacred geometry. Oh,
0: there you go. Boom. They're poo. Oh, wait, who- but like
2: Get a different one. Like, Someone I I sent you one, and it's got this like awful opening of like a guy like with a gun being like secret knowledge. Oh shit! Then, <laughs> so I'll find you one that isn't that.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean though. I've definitely watched it, and I think yeah, you sent it to me. you send it to me like a year ago? And we watched it again. Probably. I feel like when I when we were talking about the magic stuff. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it's been really nice to catch up with you and hear about all this cool stuff that you're getting into, and uh, yeah, awesome. oh yeah. And, Thank and, you for and,
2: having me. It's always yeah. good to catch up.
0: Yeah, and where can people find your work and what you're up uh, to?
2: The best way to see it is on Instagram, which is Beasts. It's like heartbeats, but beasts, like monsters. Yep. And then uh, from there, I have it on my Instagram, but I also have a Patreon where I teach Quick little painting videos, drawing videos, and symbolism videos like this one. And the one, uh, I break down one of Durer's pieces uh, that I'll be posting
0: today. So, very sick. Very, very excited team. to check that out. I've been meaning to check that out and I'm going to subscribe and other people should too. You got to go support now is, now, now is better, better time than ever to go and support the artists that you love, because there's a lot of artists that are going to, you know, be affected by this. A lot of freelancers, you know, out here and, you know, just because they didn't get laid off from a job obviously you know the, the economy is going to be slowing down and there's going to be a lot of artists out there that aren't going to be having as many job opportunities so you know a lot of people will probably be turning to their Patreons and uh, and looking for support so if you do have those means definitely support the artists that you love right
2: indeed
0: dope alright well we will say bye to the listeners and click off here bye All right,
2: take it easy woo <laughs>
0: There you go. Another installment of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. Inspiration, creative juices are flowing. You know what I'm saying? I hope everybody enjoyed that. Big shout out to Mama Geddon. Be sure to go check out her Patreon. Click the link in the show notes here and uh go on some deep dives with her as she gets deep into all the stuff that she kind of brushed over um in this episode today you know you know we'll we'll, and (laughs) and you know we will hear from her again soon you know but uh this is this is a a a great little combo you got the one-two punch you got this one um, and then uh we're gonna be getting that Jesse Moynihan podcast up next, so you can jump right over into that, and that one is such a fucking fun, juicy dive. Um, talking about midnight gospel, uh hit a Penn Ward's new show that Jesse Art directed, and um that's uh we did fucking two hours of content on that pod, and it is fucking extremely juicy. So be sure to go check that out. And then, uh, yeah, later today I'll be fucking hitting it with Scott C. We're going to be talking about the toys growing up in the eighties. You know, we're both very nostalgic dudes. So we're going to get together and fucking chop it up. And I know you guys are going to love that. It's going to be thoroughly entertaining. So, uh, let's see, don't forget to, uh, go over and sign up for that 12 week online group workshop. If you want to get in on that, or you can get on the mailing list for future, uh, rounds of the workshop. I think I'm going to plan on doing one in the fall. Um, not planning on doing one in the summer. So if you want it now, sign up. Um, all right, that's about it. So if you want to support this podcast, uh, you can go to iTunes and subscribe. You can go to SoundCloud. Um, you can rate and review. That would be amazing. Um, you can share it with your cousins. Send it around. You know what I'm saying? Spread the love. Who would love a little bit of wacky, outside of the box inspiration and fucking hype for their day? You know, you know someone out there that needs a little bit of this fucking yummy, spicy stew. Uh, give it to them. Don't withhold. Um, and, uh, of course you can go to com. You can get a GoShrimp of Friends podcast hoodie, uh, shirt. You can get all kinds of other great merch. You can get Adventure Time prints. You can get, um, you know, fucking posters, all kinds of shit going on over there. GoShrimp hats, um, fun stuff. Great on-demand uh, merchandise over there so get yourself some i appreciate the support and of course you can go to ghost shrimp uh, you can go to com slash ghost shrimp and directly support the podcast uh, by pledging your support and we got that one dollar per episode level that dripping breakfast smoothie and the whole group gets a big old shout out i truly appreciate every dollar and i hope you appreciate the pod and i know i've noticed that some people are adjusting their their pledges i i totally understand that you know if you're if you're strapped for cash right now if you are not sure where your next where your next payment is coming from if you got laid off and you need a job hey no worries don't even think twice about it you know of course i love your support You know, but uh but everybody's gotta put food on the table, everybody's gotta get by and we will always be here so you can always come back and throw some love at us and you know, if you if you are totally secure and you've never supported this podcast before, now's a great fucking time to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um. All right, now at that $2 per episode level, we got that beef stew shout-out. It's meaty and it's juicy. And if you put a little hot sauce on it like I do, it's spicy. All right, let's jump into it. The first shout-out of this podcast is none other than Olive Firbolg. Get that beef stew. Oh, we got a current workshopper about to be in that alumni group next week talking about Craig Bowers out there in Japan chilling. Got another bowl of beef stew going out to Sam Bag. Get that bag, sonny. We got another workshop alumni out in Jersey. You know what I'm talking about. The boy Sheldurkin. Oh, shit. Another alumni out there in Armenia. My girl Shamaram, the queen of comics. Oh, I got a burp coming. Uh, oh, my God. Excuse me. That's so... That is so rude. Please. This podcast is real and raw, you know what I'm saying? Whatever comes out, comes out. We're going to be farting. We're going to be burping. Uh, We got another. We got a fucking ghost Scout up in here talking about ghost Scout Butterflesh, a.k.a. my man Seth Bird. Oh, we got a future workshopper. He signed up for round seven. It's Gerard Jones. Oh, we got a workshop alumni, Bobby C. Morgan, a.k.a. The Nobby Wood. We got another person that wants a bowl of beef stew. It is Chris Burke. Get that beef stew. We've got a workshop alumni. Out there on the West Coast, it's Alejandro Fuentes. Get that beef stewy. We got another workshop alumni in New York, Jesse Primo. And of course, these are people that supported the last episode of the podcast, that Corona World Tour, you know what I'm saying? Um we got my neighbor and newest bestest friend, Kent Osborne. Kent's doing much better. We had a little uh he's got a crawfish pond in his yard and we were we were we we met up over there and had a ten foot chat yesterday and uh he's fucking he's lost some weight he shaved his uh beard off he's looking good he's looking svelte he's gonna come back better than ever Kent Osborne's gonna be reborn through this corona pandemic um and uh yeah we'll hear from him again soon of course our our, our definitely I think at this point our our uh most frequent guest uh oh and speaking of uh ghost scouts who've moved to Vermont, uh-oh, it's ghost scout Mr. Husband aka Chris Murray. He told me uh this week that he is definitely moving to Vermont within the next year or so, maybe even this summer. If uh, you know, if the if re, if he can conspire with reality to make that happen, I could not be more psyched about that. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Ghost Scouts taking over, y'all. He's gonna get crewed up with me and Kent, and we'll be fucking the three amigos up here in the woods, y'all. He's out there in the West Coast currently. Uh, we got another Ghost Scout and future Round 7 workshopper. My man, Frogadile Dundee, a.k.a. fucking Steve Winfield Meyer. Uh, we got another bowl of beef stew going out to Michael Brancato. Oh, stop motion legend over there on the West Coast talking about... Anthony Scott. And I know, make his beef stew vegan, y'all, because that boy is fucking all about it. Uh, We got that Ghost Scout out in New Zealand, Daniel Foothead, a.k.a. Sports Magic, a.k.a. Dr. Foothead, psychedelic animator extraordinaire. Check him out. We've got another Ghost Scout who loves beef stew. His name is Alexei Giroud, aka Ghost Scout Cheeky Bookie. We got brother of my newest best friend and neighbor, Hollywood hotshot director Mark Osborne. Big shout out to the original Beef Stew supporter, Jesse Kukadani. We got my man at that, coming in at that custom $3 level, my fellow Pratt alumni, Raphael Tang Hall. Check him out, Oxtails.with.cocktails on Instagram. He's drawn Batman a hundred times, and he is one of my favorite artists, so you should check his shit out. Ooh, now we jumping up to that $5 marinated steak tip level. Fire up the grill. Oh, we're talking about having a cookout this week. The weather is nice. Oh, we got a little name change here. We talking about throwing on a steak tip on the grill it's for P. Wolf. I love these name evolutions. Big shout out to my man, Skylar Bloom, from the current round of the workshop. He's out there chomping on marinated steak tips in LA. You know he needs that, that energy, that juice to get through the final week of that workshop. You know? All right, we got another workshop alumni who loves steak tips, this time over in jolly old England, none other than Mullet Man. And be sure to check out Mullet Man on Instagram because my man has cruised through the workshop. He is absolutely destroying it, creating personal mythology that is going to blow the fucking dick off your tits. You're going to want to see this. Go take a look. We're, we're, we got another steak tip going on down to the bayou. Fire it up. Talking about my favorite teacher, Kayla Dakota. She's out there teaching them youngins. I think she's still teaching remotely, doing those video classes for her, for her kids Uh, down there in Narlins. Fucking fighting the good fight. Those essential workers keeping it real. Um, we got my girl over there in Maine at the Norway Brewing Company, one of our family's best family friends, the Melhus clan, the matriarch of the Melhus clan, Erica Melhus, and workshop alumni, and old friend. Check in all the boxes. Check 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 check. And friend to Go Scouts. All right, now we are going down, down, down into the depths of fucking hell to check on what old Satan's got cooking, and it is none other than his own dick. He's grilling up Satan's marinated tube steak (laughs) at that $6.66 level. And we got a fat old tube steak on the grill for my man Zeta. He's a workshop alumni, and he's also an alumni of Oyster River High School, Mm, the high school that that I was forced to attend as well. And last but not least, we got year six camp champion Krognack, a.k.a. Beard Lips, a.k.a. John Mansfield with that vegan Satan's Marinated Tube Steak. Big shout out to the homie. And, of course, the inaugural Maple Scout, even though we had to postpone it. Well, there you go. There's an episode for your enjoyment, for your entertainment. We're going to be fucking dropping some, some other ones on you pretty quick here. So stay on your toes. Make sure you are out there thinking about that dream life, setting those goals, working on those sick fucking drawings. Now's a better time than ever to just... Get some new work up. Get it out there. Fucking just fucking all the things we've been talking about. Taking a breather. Fucking having a little fucking meditaciones. You know, what what is going on in the world right now? What is your take on it? You know, don't just absorb everybody else's takes. Think deeply about what this means to you in your life. Because there's some profound lessons going around out there. There's some profound messages from life to everybody. Right now that's the positive in this, the shakeup of this whack mainstream reality that we are always combating you know, maybe coronavirus is somehow in some crazy way gonna be our ally in fucking shaping a more fucking amazing dream world for for more of the population on this planet going forward. you know all right, y'all, well, stay productive keeping that high morale lifestyle, and we will see you very soon on the next episode of the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast.